0: Coming to you from Atlanta, this is VoiceOver Work, an audiobook sampler. Where do you listen? This is your host, Russell, and today is Friday, December 1st, 2023. In his book entitled The Power of EQ, author Patrick King reminds us that your success in life will depend on how good you are with people. Sorry, that's just the harsh truth. But the good news is that this is a trainable skill, and Patrick King wrote this book to give you an amazing start toward training those skills. Today's episode takes the concept of ego and helps us learn how to manage egos, both others and our own. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoy this, and be sure to check out the author's website at bit.ly slash pkconsulting. Before we conclude this chapter, let's take a good look at arguably one of the biggest obstacles to genuine empathy and emotional intelligence, ego. One of the main reasons we're often unable to appreciate another person's point of view is that we are simply too attached to our own. So attached, in fact, that we can almost forget that we share this world with others who are as devoted to their experience as we are to ours. For obvious reasons, most of us want to be right, and we want others to approve of us and like us. We want to feel special and important. We like imagining that we are somehow at the center of things. We don't want others to see our vulnerable or flawed side or we would prefer to believe that we don't possess these characteristics in the first place. But deliberately pushing against this all-to-human tendency is essential if we are to become more emotionally intelligent and improve the way we communicate and engage with others. The trick is to step outside of one's own ego and look objectively at the defenses, biases, blind spots, assumptions, and prejudices that it introduces. This is, by its nature, an uncomfortable thing to do, which is why so few people do it. To get used to the idea, let's begin with the easier task, recognizing and working around other people's egos. Managing Egotistical People First things first, egotist and egoist actually denote different things. The former refers to someone who is entirely self-interested, whereas the latter usually refers to someone who holds the view that one's own self-interest is the driving force behind all human conduct. Both terms have ego, the Latin word for I, as their origin, and both will probably prove quite difficult to deal with in everyday conversation. Are such people narcissists? Not quite. Clinical psychologist and author of Don't You Know Who I Am? How to Stay Sane in an Age of Narcissism, Entitlement, and Incivility, Ramani S. Durvasula says that while narcissists definitely are egotistical, not all egotistical people are narcissists. A narcissist is selfish. But they also want affirmation and adoration, are highly sensitive to feedback or criticism, and lack the capability for reciprocal relationships, as well as the ability to self-reflect. The sad truth is that being a little self-absorbed is a rather common human characteristic. Here are some signs you are dealing with someone who is trapped in their bubbles and how to work with them. Sign 1 a tendency to be constantly self-referential. Remember the shift response? For an egotist, this act is viewed as a kind of correction. They see that something in the world is not about them, so they kindly step in to adjust it so it is. For an egotist, things are only important when they relate somehow to them. Egotists love to use the word i and will have countless creative ways of constantly turning everything back to themselves. They may have an annoying habit of sharing personal stories or opinions in situations where they are not warranted or appropriate. The hidden assumption throughout is that the purpose of the conversation is for them to showcase their unique ego, to garner attention and praise, to control and steer the conversation, or even to dominate. What to do about it? Running away screaming is usually not an option. But interestingly, Dr. Duvasula suggests going along with it and abandoning the hope of changing course again. Why? Because you can't force an egotist to be less egotistical, and if you attempt to do so, you risk getting drawn into a battle of the egos. Sign 2 lack of interest for things that don't directly serve their interests. If something cannot be made to relate to the egotist in some way, expect for it to be met with lukewarm faux interest at best, or, more typically, a complete withdrawal of attention. In a conversation in which the egotist knows little about the topic or cannot volunteer anything from their own life, they may take a back seat get bored, or be non-committal. As unpleasant as it is to think about, an egotist only really wants to engage with things that benefit them. They may fail entirely to see the point of things that benefit others. What to do about it? As annoying as it is, Dervisula again suggests not trying to force it. There's no point appealing to an egotist's sense of higher good, or pretending that what you're talking about does in fact relate to them. Rather, find ways to ensure that you're never fully depending on their commitment. Sign 3. An exaggerated view of their own abilities. This is the kind of person who will be tempted to one-up you in conversation. On the one hand, such a person can be very blatant in blowing their own trumpet, but on the other It can be incredibly subtle. For example, you might notice that someone tends to rewrite history and conveniently remember things in a way that paints them in a decidedly flattering light. If confronted with something negative, you may notice a strange preference for twisting things so that they make the egotist look good, even if it's something they've done wrong. Be on the watch for covert one-upmanship, however. This may manifest as someone playing the martyr or doormat, nobody is as humble as me, or centering themselves by repeatedly bringing the focus to their victim status. What to do about it? An important thing not to do is get defensive. You cannot stop an egotist from viewing themselves in any distorted way they want to, but that doesn't mean you have to buy into it. Be crystal clear in your own mind what your recollection of events is, and don't be bullied out of it. Take everything else with a grain of salt. Sign 4. No personal accountability. While an egotist will be forever keen to bring the conversation around to themselves, there's one exception. When the conversation is about who is to blame? In that case, it's never their fault, and they will never take ownership of any actions that have had bad consequences. What to do about it? Reduce your expectations. Be careful not to expose yourself by depending or relying on an egotist, and don't take promises too seriously. As much as possible, put distance between yourself and and an egotist's actions. Sign five, lack of empathy. It's not that egotists can't understand that other people are in pain. Rather, they may struggle to see why they specifically should care. This makes them pretty bad at offering support, or it may mean that they use the opportunity to boost their own egos by taking on an esteemed advice-giving role or playing at being a rescuer. What to do about it? It's pretty obvious. Do not go to an egotist for help, as they will be unable to listen and empathize. Seek out others who can genuinely offer you that support. Reading through Dervasula's advice, you might be wondering if there really isn't anything else you can do to protect yourself against an egotist. Sadly... No. Egotists do not suddenly change their behavior when its consequences are brought to their attention. In fact, they may simply double down. Instead, your best approach is to minimize contact as far as possible, maintain a strong sense of self, and make sure that you do have some people in your support network to turn to when necessary. When dealing with other people's narcissism, set boundaries and calmly and neutrally enforce them. Don't get caught up in trying to make witty retorts or back them into a corner. This is just your own ego talking. Avoid them or change the topic. Keep your distance. Be pragmatic and shrewd, and whatever you do, don't bother getting embroiled in complicated theories about why they are the way they are. It's none of your business. Remind yourself of your priorities. Stick to the facts and have the grace to be guided by your own values without needing other people to do the same. This attitude will help you bolster yourself against the feeling of inferiority that self-absorbed people can instill. However, now that we've seen what egotism looks like from this side, let's consider it from the other side. If you are the one displaying these behaviors, you actually give the other person very little option but to avoid you Minimize engagement, lower their expectations, and politely dodge you in the future. This tells us something important. If you are being a narcissist in conversations, people will seldom tell you. They'll simply disappear or pull back. All the more reason to be proactive and make sure that you're not making a habit of these bad behaviors. How Not to Be an Egotist Yourself Tip 1 Don't think you're immune. One of the best things you can do to eradicate selfish and self-absorbed behavior in your life is to be honest about the potential for it to exist. If you think, nope, not me, then chances are you have a blind spot. We all have the capacity to be a little narcissistic. Tip two, don't get trapped in a bubble. These days, it's easier than ever to curate your own reality bubble where you only ever interact with material that you agree with and people who are exactly like you. This in itself is a form of narcissism. We forget that other worldviews, other people, and other interests exist, and what's more, we get out of practice with learning to engage with this difference when we encounter it. Have you ever heard the idea that you are an average of the five people you spend the most time with? Well, if you have very few people in your world, or the people you do have are all the same, then what invariably happens is you create a void, and self-absorption can start to fill that void and make you a limited, one-dimensional person. This is why it's important to expose yourself to different people, ideas, perspectives, etc., Constantly remind yourself that you are occupying just a small, small corner of the universe. Tip 3. Work on your own self-esteem. It may seem counterintuitive, but the calmer and more secure you are in your own value as a human being, the less you will feel like you have to prove and the more you can relax and let others shine. Often, Conversational narcissism stems from a kind of anxiety that we're not good enough, not seen or heard, not valued. Our dominating the dialogue comes from a sense that we need to fight for attention, to prove ourselves worthier than others, or to constantly convince others to like us. However, if you can just relax in yourself, you'll find that you are less inclined to always try so hard and will start to notice interesting things in the conversation other than yourself. A bonus, you may actually come across as more likable, more poised and self-possessed, even a little mysterious if you're not seeing conversations as a competition or battleground. Tip four, focus on airtime, not content. Who's speaking the most? Sometimes we can mistakenly think that we are being humble, accommodating, and empathetic because we're talking about someone else, giving advice, or saying objectively true or helpful things. But as a conversation unfolds, try to forget the content of what each person is saying and just look at how much time each speaker is taking for themselves. For example, if you're spending 10 minutes Talking at length about how amazing someone else is? You're still talking. It's still about you. Pay attention and instead make sure that every person present is contributing equally. Tip five pay attention to the word I. Have you ever noticed how ready people are to share their opinion even on things that only a second ago they weren't even aware existed? Conversational narcissism is about constantly making yourself the reference point against which everything is measured. So someone mentions a current event and they say, well, I think it's a small habit, but done often enough, it gives the impression of a person who cannot process the world except through their own narrow filter of interpretation. It can stunt communication and, frankly, become boring, or worse, invite petty arguments when someone feels equally inclined to tell you what they think in comparison. Try to notice how often you're saying things like, I feel and I think in a conversation. Can you focus instead on the topic itself, an objective external event, or what others are saying? Can you ask a question rather than make a statement? Of course, it's impossible to avoid stating your opinion eventually, but try to avoid responding to every conversational prompt as an invitation to say whether you agree or not, or state how the topic relates to you specifically. One thing to avoid? Starting sentences with, as a, for example, as a father myself, I think... If you can suspend your ego, genuinely listen, and become curious about something, anything outside of your own limited perception, you will avoid becoming a conversational narcissist. This has been The Power of EQ, Social Intelligence, Reading People, and How to Navigate Any Situation, written by Patrick King, narrated by Russell Newton. Copyright 2023 by Patrick King. Production copyright by Patrick King. More information regarding today's book and the author can be found at audible.com or amazon.com. Show notes and further information can be found at russellericnewton.com, With an eclectic collection of insights, knowledge, and trivia from some of the newest audiobooks on the market, This has been the Voice Over Work podcast brought to you by Newton Media Group, a family of creative services.